Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. Welcome to On Deck with Stan C. On this show, I want to tell the real stories behind the real people behind the mic. And for this week, I've finally completed the OG Morning Rush duo. I had Delamar in the second episode of the podcast and all the rushers who listened to it, they started tweeting me and sending me messages on IG asking when I would have Chico Garcia on. And it's finally happened we made our schedules work, and I'm really excited to bring you this episode where we got to talk about how he became Chico Garcia, how he almost ended up having a radio name that sounded like a genre of porn of all things. We also talked about how he embraced his geekiness and our shared love of Survivor. All of those stories and more are on deck. But before we get to the main event, I got to talk to you about voter registration because we have less than a month to go. Hanggang September 30 na lang, Comelec has reopened their offices here in Metro Manila. The malls have gotten involved as well. So if you haven't yet, please check out the nearest mall to you or the nearest Comelec satellite office. And if you need to look at whatever documents you'll need, then go check out iregistro.comelec.gov.ph. That's the first place you can visit. Or check out votepilipinas.com. Again, hanggang September 30 na lang, and we need all hands on deck, get it, to be part of the 2022 election. So please register to vote if you can. Finally, before we get to my conversation with Chico Garcia, I gotta let you know that 99 is tomorrow. Isang tulug na lang. And if you wanna be part of that mega sale over on Lazada and help out the podcast as well, then please use my Lazada affiliate link on your mobile phone browser. Just go to podlink.co slash 0RP. Again, that's podlink.co slash 0RP. It'll take you straight to the Lazada app, and then from there, just go and click checkout. And a portion of what you spend will go to Podcast Network Asia and On Deck at no extra cost to you. So please, once again, Use my Lazada affiliate link before you check out. That is podlink.co slash 0RP. And now it's time to get to the main event. Here's my conversation with the one and only Chico Garcia. Really pumped to be having this conversation this week. My guest, as I talked about in the intro, is an industry pioneer. I would consider him a great even in what we do here on FM Radio. Please welcome the great Chico Garcia. Chico, thank you so much for joining me. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, nice to be on your podcast. 
one of the things that I love discussing on the podcast is how yung mga guests natin, these names and voices from the industry are human too. So I guess I want to ask you na, as a DJ who's been still physically going to the radio station to do the morning rush, how has the pandemic over the last year and a half really affected your work? Well, okay, I guess the biggest thing, as you probably know, is the whole work from home thing. You know, people who do computer work or accounting or, I don't know, other no, office desk work, desk jobs are very easy to, to transfer into a work from home setting. With us, it's a little bit more difficult. Although, you know, we have been lucky to have stayed on air even during the pandemic. I think we've only missed, I don't know, a week, two weeks mm-hmm. of board work. But, wow. you know, ever since then, we were we were back on air immediately. And it wasn't really something that was a big problem for us staying on air. I guess the challenges would be more of, it's very different when you have somebody at home and then somebody in the radio station. And you are very internet dependent and you have to deal with lag. Because remember, we are four people boarding at the same time, two people in the booth, two people at home. The two people at home are not together in the same place. Those are two separate homes with two different internet speeds. So it can be a little challenging as far as ad-libbing is concerned. You know, we have a lot of like... uh, no, okay, you, no, you, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay, you go ahead. Yeah, that's a little difficult. But as far as outside of that is concerned, yeah, we have, I guess, tried to do as best as we could given the, the challenges that we've been facing. And I just feel like radio in general has really stepped up to be able to keep going on air despite the ECQ, GCQ, MECQ and all that, right? I want to take it back though to your origin story as a DJ because I remember attending a broadcast talk over at UP. Oh, yeah. I'm a broadcom major as well and you were one of the speakers then. So dun ko nalaman na okay, you know, uh, being in this course is actually a legit path to the industry because you know, Chico Garcia is talking to me telling me his story blah blah blah. So how did this all happen for you? Were you always a fan of the industry? I've always been a fan of radio. It was something that was really part of my life growing up, but I never thought that I would be on radio. Gets? Cause like, Why is that? I loved radio. I grew up with Rhythm of the City, 99.5 RT. That was my station of choice growing up. Yeah, like I grew up with Jeremiah Jr., Vincent Price, North Andrew. These were my heroes as far as FM radio was concerned. But I never thought that I would be in radio only because I never thought of myself as the performing type. You know, I always thought that I would work in the background. I would work in advertising. I would write, maybe. You know, I always thought that I would be a writer or maybe a script writer. Maybe I'd be in the entertainment industry, but not in front of the camera, not in front of a microphone. Because I was painfully shy. I still am. I just wing it as much as I could. So what happened was I started out with AB English in college. So I was actually a literature major creative writing. And then I got a a, a talk with my teacher and I said, tell me the truth. What am I going to be after I graduate? And she said, well, you're going to be like me. You're going to be a teacher. And I'm like, no shade. It's just that I don't think I have what it takes to become a teacher. And that's not what I had in mind. In my head, I was going to be a Michael Crichton, a John Grisham, you know, a John Jakes. I'd be writing novels and be 
in the New York Times bestseller list. And my teacher said, let me sit you down for a while. Those are nice dreams to gun for. And I say aim high, as high as you want to be. But realistically speaking, you might have to take something like journalism if you want to keep working and you don't want to be an English teacher. So I shifted to journalism and my advisor in journalism told me that I was a little too creative for journalism because I would write reports. It should be like who, what, why, where, when, and how. But then, you know, my reports would be like the afternoon sun sifted through the cells of the barren. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm reading a novel, not a news report. So my advisor said, you want to try broadcasting? So that's how I ended up in broadcasting. But then in my head, I was really thinking more of advertising. I'm just taking a broadcasting. Yeah, sure. I'll take TV, radio classes only because I have to. But yeah. eventually I will become an ad man, somebody who makes commercials because I think that's what I can do. Very typical of our course then. Very typical. But then, of course, I started hanging out with people who are into performing so I had a friend who said, I want to apply in radio. And I'm like, go, I'm all for it. Because no, but I want you to apply with me. I'm like, I don't want to be in radio. It's like, it doesn't matter. You don't have to say yes if ever you get accepted. Just go with me so that I'd have somebody to go with. So we applied. And yeah, we both ended up in the radio business. And um, that's how it started. So I never really thought that I would be in the industry. It's just that when the opportunity presented itself, I was like, I think that would be cool. I'm in college. I'm a DJ. You know, I was like bragging rights. I get to, to say, oh yeah, I work as a radio DJ on 99.5 RT. And I just thought it would be a cool thing while I'm still studying. Yeah. Little did I know that it would last 300 years. And, <laughs> you know, it would be a lifetime career for me. So yeah, it was kind of like fell into my lap in so many ways. It's amazing how it works out. And I've always been curious about certain origin stories, yours being among them. I want to ask about the origin story naman of the name Chico Garcia. So one of your longtime rushers and one of the listeners of this podcast, Ben Ramos, he wants to know the story behind why you became Chico Garcia. Okay, because my real nickname is Rico. I used that name in RT. So I was Rico Stubb. You know, that was my name, believe it or not. When I transferred to RX, they just wanted a fresh start. They didn't want me to be that DJ from RT. So they wanted me to create a completely new identity, a new persona. And it's like, it's going to be more of like um, a new start. So I needed to have a name that sounded Latino. I guess that was the thing kasi for... At the time that I started radio, parang I think that was the in thing for even for like American um, sila mucho Morales. Yung mga binigay nila na example before. Eh. Okay. So what I did was I was tasked to come up with a number of first names and a number of last names, and then they will choose what they prefer. So it was whittled down, and at the time I chose Garcia because it was. A very Filipino name. Yeah. So, you know, it wouldn't sound so weird. At the same time, it was also the heyday of Andy Garcia, which I thought was a great radio name. Okay. So, I remember when I entered RX, there was this big internal affairs poster in the booth. And it says there, Andy Garcia. So, I got the idea. Garcia sounds nice. You know, it flows off the tongue and Andy Garcia. So, I just needed a first name. 
And I had a long list. And I distinctly remember I whittled it down between Chico and Gonzo. Okay. Uh, Gonzo like, like from the Muppet. Like the Muppet. I was a big Muppet Show fan. So I thought Gonzo Garcia would sound nice. But then my Chico God. Garcia was my, was my second choice. So I submitted it. I said, I really, really want Gonzo Garcia. But okay, fine. If you want another choice, maybe Chico Garcia? And then, you know, they like Chico Garcia better. I begged and I asked if I can keep Gonzo. But they said, you know what? Let's try Chico Garcia first. I mean, so in retrospect, parang okay din na Chico worked out because with Gonzo now being like a genre of porn, diba, it'd be like, mm, the associations parang maybe not so desirable. It is a genre of porn? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that was my initial thing. Because I really liked how it, I tried saying it out loud. Gonzo Garcia Monster, alliteration. Kasi siya. This was Gonzo Garcia. It, it sounded nice. Right, right Chico right. Garcia. Yeah, yeah, it's also cool. So yeah, basically I chose it, but I didn't really choose it because I came up with a number of choices and they chose the final combination for me. Hey, it worked out, right? And nakakatwa yeah. story na list of first names, list of last names because I'm a huge yes. wrestling fan and a lot of wrestlers, mm-hmm. ganun din sila when they come up with their wrestling names. List of first oh. names, list of last names and then someone in WWE would be like, okay, let's take this name and that name. So it's nice to know that it also happens outside of wrestling. Um, That's how we okay. did it. Yeah. I want to ask about The Morning Rush as a show because in the 90s, you'd already created this entity and then you took that with you from RX and you brought it to KC alongside Delamar. So Delamar shared this story on the podcast, but I want to hear it from your point of view. Like, what was that like knowing that you guys were such a hot commodity that you could take the entire show and bring it with you to a different station? Well, technically, we didn't bring it to another station. It was a bit of a big deal at the time, us leaving. So we didn't bring the name of the show. Okay. So we didn't use The Morning Rush. The Morning Rush continued on in RX with different hosts after we left. So The Morning Rush stayed as The Morning Rush on RX. And then we started a show called The Rush Hour. That was the show that we had on KC. Because, you know, we wanted something that's more or less the same name, but not quite the same name. Because obviously, we didn't want to take the Morning Rush away from RX. So we just left it there and just started a different show on our own. So even the portions, everything else was different. We didn't take anything from the original The Morning Rush on RX. What was it like being at the center of all of those conversations? Because as you said, it was a big deal when you guys left. And Siguro these days, I can't imagine something of that magnitude happening anymore because of how much the industry has shifted. It was really scary because this was pre-social media. Yeah. You know, so when we transferred, unless you listened to that station, you wouldn't know where we were. You thought, you know, you would probably think that we just disappeared. And there's no platform where you can like explain your side. So there were very little avenues for us to like say, hey, we're here. We're just in another station. Unless they promote the station. Talaga. Which they did, to be fair. And I remember we were interviewed by the late Ricky Lo. We were like, oh my gosh, is it that much of a big deal? I mean, like... It was just a radio show on FM radio. So that's, I guess, when we realized that it was a little bit of a big deal for it to actually come out on the Philippine Star as an article. Like, why did Chico and Del leave RX and, and all that? So, yeah, it was a little scary because, like I said, there really wasn't a lot of 
places. Let's say if that happened now, we would be on Twitter. We would release a statement on Instagram. Yeah. And we would probably have a YouTube channel to, with matching tears to explain what happened, you know? <laughs> But at the time, we really didn't have any of that at our disposal. So it was a little bit of a challenge. And, you know, that's when we realize people will believe different sides of a story, you know, and sometimes there's not just one, two, three, four, five versions of the story. And I guess that was a crash course on public opinion because, you know, there were people who were supportive of us, people who were not supportive of us. And I understood that we were grown-ups now and we were making grown-up decisions and we were going to have to live with the decisions that we make. What was it like naman, when you guys went back to RX? Because it was such a hot topic at the time that you guys left for KC and then babalik yung RX. How did you smoothen out yung tension with all parties well, involved? It obviously was not easy. Again, it's the same thing when we left. There was a, a section of the station who were happy that we were back but there was also a section of the station that wasn't really happy that we were coming back you know I'm not the kind of person who would put too much effort for you to like me you know either you like me or you don't I'm not going to be a jerk about it I'm not going to be unpleasant I'm not going to go out of my way either way like I'm not going to go out of my way to antagonize you because I know that you don't like me but I'm also not going to go out of my way to suck up to you you know, so that you like me more. So for me, I'd be like very civil, very formal. If we're going to talk about work, let's talk about work. If we have to work together, I will work with you. We don't have to be best friends. We don't have to go drinking after board work. But yeah, and then eventually, you know, we just thought, you know what, just bite the bullet, grin and bear it. Eventually, people will get used to it. And true enough, before you knew it, it was just a footnote in uh, our history with, uh, with Rx. I guess it was just, one of the first big moves, but I'm pretty sure eventually so many other FM DJs did the same thing. Like, I'm pretty sure a lot of DJs will come to mind when they suddenly make a big jump from one station to another. So yeah, it was just difficult being one of the first. And it was just frustrating because I know for a fact in the corporate world, people do that all the time. Yeah, on the one. Right? They just go right. from one company to another and it's not really a big deal. And then how come for us, why is it such a big deal, you know? I mean, it right. was a business decision more than anything else. Yeah, we learned a lot. And uh, I don't think I will be where I am if not for that experience. So as the Morning Rush has evolved through the years, you've gone through many different co-hosts uh, from Dell to Gino to the current iterations in Arika, Marky, and Hazel. When did it start that it wouldn't just be Chico and Dell anymore? To my memory, it was when Gino started being part of the show. Is that correct? Actually, no. Um, Before that, Pre-Gino, we actually had a couple of other co-hosts. We toyed around with a third co-host. So we had Brad Turvey at the time, and we also had Karen Pamintuan for a time. Like we would have like a third co-host every now and then. But I guess like the, the full-time co-host was Gino. He was the first to join us. And so it became a trio after a while. And then when Dell left, it became a duo. And then Rika joined us, so it became a trio again. And then Gino left, and it became a duo again. And then Hazel joined, it became a trio again. And then Marky joined, and it became, what do you call that? A, a quartet. Quadru- a quartet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's, it's pretty confusing. But I guess the first time that it wasn't just 
Del and I, I think that's when it first hit people that, oh, there could be like a cast change every now and then. Because ever since, we've been having different versions of the show with different flavors each time. How did the rushers take to it? Usually at that very moment, they don't mind additions. What they usually complain about are subtractions. Okay, that's understandable. If we add a new member, I would say 90% of our listeners will be cool with it. And they'll be like, yay, the more the merrier. But when somebody leaves, that's when it becomes a bit of separation anxiety for our listeners. Number one, they need to know why. And they need to know if it's a reason that they can get behind. Because sometimes it's their drama. You know, mm-hmm. like, were they fired? Or, you know, because they become very protective of us. So if they feel like any of us had difficult time with the whole leaving the show thing, they would probably be in full support of that co-host. But if they know that it's like, oh no, it was like a decision, no drama. It was a decision that they arrived at with full, you know, wholeheartedly, no bad feelings. Then they're also okay with it. Yeah, they just don't like it when they feel like, or somebody has ill feelings about some aspect of the leaving, that's the only thing that they're on the lookout for. We're taking a break from my conversation with Chico Garcia because I need to talk to all the movie geeks like me who love watching international shows or movies but keep getting the notice it's not available in your country. It sucks. I hate it. And that's why I installed NordVPN on my devices and why I recommend you do the same. Nord is a VPN service that allows you to conveniently access content from over 59 different countries by changing your virtual location in just one click. Now, the best part is it allows you to protect up to six different devices. So I've got it on my laptop, on my phone, on my sister's phone, and on my dad's computer and two more devices. So go ahead and experience internet freedom like never before with NordVPN. Use my affiliate link podlink.co slash LIF, podlink.co slash the letters LIF, and use my code on deck. It's not case sensitive. No need to put a space in between those words. Use the code on deck, O M D E C K, to get discounts of up to over 70% off. And as a bonus, if NordVPN isn't for you, there's a 30 day money back guarantee. So go ahead and try it out. Go check out my link, podlink.co slash L I F. Use that at no extra cost to you and get up to over 70% off on your NordVPN subscription. Now, that makes sense. And I guess it's a testament to their loyalty then. Yes. To you guys, but to the brand, to everything you've built through the years. So on that note, I want to ask about how you keep it fresh. Because if you've been doing this since the 90s, I'm sure at some point you're going to have to like run out of top 10s or run out of things to talk about. So how do you keep it fresh? I guess that's my personal bellwether as far as how long I will still stay on radio. Because... If it becomes very difficult to come up with new ideas, because right now, to be honest, it's like, I don't know. I mean, there's no secret. It's just, you just have something to say each time. And there are ideas. And with different co-hosts, you get different vibes. And as long as you're still interested and excited to go to work and you still have a lot to say, then I guess you still have a couple of more years left in you. But let's say the time comes when I'm like, crap, I have no idea what to do. I have no idea what to talk about. I guess that's when I'll start thinking maybe it's time to retire. But 
until then, I don't have one singular answer as far as how we keep it fresh. But I guess you just have to read the room. What are people interested in? What are people talking about? Just have your ear to the ground. So you just try things out. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. You keep what works. You throw away what doesn't. It's a trial and error thing. And uh, I'd like to think we're generally more on the successful side more than on the let's try something else side. What's been the one thing that's really kept you focused to just keep going? It's easy to panic. It's easy to be very anxious. And uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I do have my days where I get very anxious. And in a, in a very strange way, um, work has really anchored me. You know, sometimes people ask, like, um, you know, even during the, even pre-pandemic, you know, when something really horrible happens, like uh, when, when a loved one passed away, um, tragedy strikes, how do I stay on air and I still sound happy? I still sound cheerful and peppy. And you know, that's what I always say. It's like, it's not like work doubles the tragedy. For me, it actually diminishes it. At least for the four hours that I am on air, my mind is off of whatever it is that I'm going through at that exact moment. Because you become task-oriented. You know, I have work to do. I have four hours of, of board work. And uh, yeah, that takes your mind off of it. So it is very stressful that we are under a very serious pandemic for the past year and a half. But I guess what also makes it good is that working helps you take your mind off of it because you have something specific to do at that very moment. Have you ever found it difficult to try to keep up with the things that millennials or Gen Z people even talk about or even yung mga slang terms like kunwari, when internet slang basically enters the conversation? Yeah, super. You know, I don't want to be like that person who goes online, lists all the catchphrases that the Gen Zs are using and then <laughs> next time I'm on air, I'm going to say ooh-woo or you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't want to force it. I mean, until now, I still say OMG. <laughs> so, I mean, only what feels natural, only mm. what I naturally adapt. I guess those are the ones that join my personal uh, lexicon. Otherwise, yeah, I leave it to the Gen Zs and to the millennials. I don't want to seem like I'm trying too hard. Sometimes, because if, if it really resonates with you, it's so natural, you know? So right. the stuff that you pick up on on TV or when you're watching like some of the reality shows, because that's where, you know, it's not scripted. People talk the way they talk on the streets. There, that's where I get, get to pick it up every now and then. So if it resonates with me, I'll use it. If it doesn't, if it feels trying hard, <laughs> then I don't. So yeah, just like anything else, just like any part of language. Have your co-hosts like see Rika, I'm going to use her as an example because she comes across as really internet savvy to me, mm, right? Like yes. has she said something on air that in the moment made you go, wait lang, what did you mean? Or and did that make you feel like, am I having a how do you do fellow kids moment here? Oh, we do that all the time. No, because sometimes we don't do it just for each other's sake, but we think it's a point of interest for a lot of our listeners. You know, so when, when, let's say, she were to say something or I were to say something or Hazel were to say something, you know, we would be like, oh my gosh, what does that mean? Oh yeah, you know, it means this, it means that. And we, we do it on air so that for the people who might not be that familiar with the terms, 
it's very entertaining that we could actually get into into those things. So yeah, we we do that all the time. And it's not something to be ashamed of because let's face it, the new terms are coming up faster than yes. anyone can can keep up with. Even sure. even Gen Zs are, can't keep up with the number of of new stuff that's going out. Like I remember just probably a couple of months ago, we were talking about how the laughing emoji with the tears. Yes. It's public enemy number one to Gen Zs. Okay. Like, Kasi gusto na nila yung nakatabingi. Tapos yung, yung nakatabingi. Uh, it's basically uh, the same thing. But right, they just wanted right. the one, if you use the the one with the tears na, na derecho, hmm. that's like for grandparents and yes. parents. Parang old Don't ka na, use tito, it. Tito ka na. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And it's like, never use it. So it's like, you know, these things are interesting. Even if, let's say, you still use it, it's just fun to see how another segment of society sees it. So yeah, it's anything that has to do with the internet and new jargon and you know what's hot, what's not, you know, that kind of thing. We always talk about it on air and make it as part of the show. I love how self-aware you are in that sense because for a lot of public figures, it takes a while for them to accept na, okay, I'm no longer a spring chicken or, you know, medyo tito-tita levels na ako. Like, I'm coming to terms with that myself. But like, for someone like you who's been in the public eye for so long, when did it become acceptable for yourself to just embrace it that, yeah, I'm probably tito chico now? You know what? It's not just about that aspect. You know, when I entered the industry, I was a misfit. I didn't fit the usual mold. When I entered the business, it was really like all the voices were like these hyper male, low register, basso profundo kind of voices. <laughs> and here I and here I was. I had the squeakiest, high-pitched, annoying voice. And I sounded like a kid. Uh, and I was this was pre-MCU. When you were a nerd, it was not cool. You know, and here I was, I'd be talking about comic books. I would be talking about, you know, I was, I was a freak for, for FM radio and um, for primetime FM radio. If you listen to the other shows, they were the much cooler people. I remember one rival from another station said that we sounded like Sesame Street. It wasn't meant to be a compliment. It was like, do you realize you don't sound like FM DJs? You sound like... Ernie and Bert, you know, you don't sound professional because you sound like kids. I just realized with the many years that I have, I am more successful when I do things that I do well. If I try to do something that I'm not, I'm setting myself up for failure. So if I tried to be cool, one of the cool kids, and I was never a cool kid, you know, I was always the misfit, the outcast, the nerd. It would never work because there would be nothing authentic about it because you're not going to believe me. I'm bound to say something that will betray that I am far from being a cool kid. So I always thought, this is what I do best. Whatever it is that I do, this is what I do best. So I stick to that. So it's the same thing, you know? I can't pretend I'm a Gen Z, I'm a millennial. I'm just going to fail miserably if I try that. So what I can do is make a shtick out of being, yeah, I'm uh, the Tito in the group. But you know what? I'm one of the more entertaining titos around. So I'm the cool tito. <laughs> the one who won't tell your mom that you're smoking. <laughs> so, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the secrets. I'm not going to force myself to be a quote-unquote expert on something that I'm not. 
Right. So I will stick to what I'm good at. You know, this is what I'm good at. The nerd, whatever it is that I am, that's what I am. And that's what you get. You mentioned a couple of things that I want to bounce off of. First of all, the MCU. Because I think now when the MCU became a thing, that was a turning point for people with geeky interests to just Mm -hmm. embrace it. Mm -hmm. So for you, when did you feel like the rushers or people in general embraced your geekiness? You know, I guess when people started asking about it. Because before, it was something that I felt was a side of me that people weren't really interested in. When I first started doing Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I remember I would post about my comics. I would do my weekly haul. You know, I would like take photos of the covers and, oh my gosh, this is the new, you know, Brian Bendis book and blah, 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 blah. And when I post about, let's say my dog or about the morning rush, I would get, you know, 500 likes, 1000 likes. And then I post about comic books and it's like 25 likes. I guess, you know, that was my like message received. You're not very interested in that aspect of me. So, you know, uh, I started posting about it less and less. And then the MCU happened. And then people were like, but Chico, you're like, you know, you like comic books. So what's the deal with blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now they're interested. Now they're asking about stuff. And when I started collecting statues, I guess that was like a halfway house because statues are like, you can like it without really knowing who the character is, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that's a really cool statue of Thanos or of whoever. And then you don't have to know who he is, what he does, what his powers are. So, you know, it kind of like went hand in hand. I started posting my statues and together with the comic books. And I guess that's where people started getting interested in them. And that's when I realized, ah, they like it. And then before you know it, with all the podcasts and YouTubers coming out with like, oh my gosh, and it was the cool thing now. And then like people started inviting me when it comes to mga... There's a, a, a TV show that wants to talk about comic books and all that. And we got invited to the Singapore premiere of Civil War. It was so exciting. So I guess that's when I realized, okay, I think, I think we've arrived. <laughs> <laughs> I think the nerds and the geeks have all arrived. And we are, like, believe it or not, I used to hide my comic books in school because I will be made fun of. Because I would buy them in Green Hills, I remember. And then during recess, I would read them. I would have to hide in school. Because if people saw that I was reading comic books, they'd make fun of me. You know, right. like, yeah, so it's come so cool far. Gonna, if you have the comic book collection. Like, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, it was a, it was a nice plot twist mm-hmm. to like comics fans all For over sure. the world. Another thing that you and I are both a fan of is reality TV. And you mentioned mm. it earlier. I know you're a huge Survivor fan uh, from oh, my yeah. conversations with Rika. I am too. What do you love about Survivor? Because ako, as a super fan who's really out with my fandom, like I have a buff collection and all that. I play it wow. in Batangas with friends. People ask me from outside these communities, like, is that show still on? Why are you into that stuff? So like, how about you, Chico? Why do you love Survivor? I really think it has a lot to do with growing up I was always the quiet one. I was always the observer. So this is my specialty, you know, observing human behavior. So it's, it's fascinating to me, you know, human politics, group dynamics, even the backstabbing. Not that I enjoy it, <laughs> but it helps me understand the human mind a little better. And I'm like, oh, and you know what? I have actually applied a lot of the stuff 
that I learned in Survivor in, in real life. Like what? Like when I meet people and I'm like, this is a Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain what a Sandra this is, is a- for listeners who aren't familiar with Survivor? Okay, like for example, you know, they're the ones who you would never even remember the name of. They just sit in one corner and you probably would remember their name last because you don't even realize that they're there. But before you know it, they're calling the shots. They're getting you fired from your company and you didn't even know what hit you. Right. You know, so yeah, I mean, (laughs) I've seen how it worked out on Survivor. When you first enter a group dynamic of people you don't know, don't stand out, you know. Don't be a threat, yeah. Don't be a threat. The moment you start, like even until now, this is really my, my, my thing. When I meet a group of people, when there's somebody who's extra friendly, automatically, I am very suspicious of that person. Hala, social threat. Because I'm like, not so much. Sometimes I'm like, sometimes, because in my experience then, sometimes the really friendly ones are actually the ones you have to be careful about. <laughs> they're not friendly just because they're friendly, but because that's their game. For you me, know, that's they, the flirty girl. Yeah. So like the parvities of the, uh, no, exactly. of the survivor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I love it. I, I love how even when I'm infuriated with a character, I am fascinated at like, wow, okay. And I love how people react when people do certain things, the different ways that they react. There are those who fight head to head. There are those who shrink into the background. There are those who fight but behind the back. Yeah. So I find it fascinating because, you know, the different characters that you meet are the very same characters that you'll meet in real life. And you kind of learn a lot by watching reality shows. Of course, you know, you have to take it with a grain of salt. You know, of course, that this is it's a heavily edit, edited. A and, but still, you know, I think it's something that's really fascinating. That's why after so many seasons... I'm so excited for September because the the next season will come out. So yeah, I've never gotten tired of Survivor. If you're a current podcaster or plan to create your own podcast soon, let me share with you this tool that I use to help me monetize my podcast. It's called Podmetrics. Now, Podmetrics is a platform that allows you to have full control of how you monetize your podcast. You can collab with brands and choose between the many merchants that fit your podcast's audience, kind of like what I do here on Deck with Stan C. It also gives you tips and samples on how to execute your ads properly to maximize your earning potential. Plus, you can track how many of your listeners you were able to convert and know how much you've earned in real time. And cashing out is also a breeze. So if you're a podcaster, make sure you sign up by clicking the link in the description of this episode and use my referral code on deck. That's O-N-D-E-C-K, no spaces in between. It's not case sensitive either, so it's on deck, just one word. And from there, you can monetize your podcast too. What's your favorite archetype? Or like, who's your favorite player that probably symbolizes yung archetypes that you gravitate towards? Well, my I am um, I'm the complete opposite of Hazel and Marky because they love the villains. Okay. They are pro villains. I am so corny. I am so vanilla. But my favorite really is the hero, the golden okay. child. You know, if you're the hero, <laughs> most likely I will be. You will be my favorite. My all-time favorites are Aras, Tom, Yule. Uh huh. 
Colby of season two, not Colby of all yeah, stars. Yeah, OG Colby. Uh-huh. OG Colby. Um, <laughs> yeah, the heroes. I mean, the ones who would be like Colby lost a million dollars because he wanted to take the one who deserved it, not the one who would actually people not vote for. I mean, had he taken Keith, he would have won. Right. But he said, you know what? Tina is my my alliance, and I am loyal to her, and they will vote for her. But I'll still take her with me. <laughs> So I don't like villains. Like, for example, I like Tony in, in, all, in All Winners, but I didn't like Tony in his original in Cagayan. Okay, okay. Because he was a jerk. Right, you know. Right. But when you show me a heroic side to you, mm-hmm. a noble side to you, that's when I root for you. I'm not really fond of villains at all. Interesting. Balik tayo ng konte. Uh, my favorite kasi is Rob Sister Nino. So like that's my all-time <sighs> one favorite. I, so yeah. one of the OG villains din, yeah. So <laughs> I don't like him. <laughs> so balik tayo. It's really nice. I even have like a villains buff. Like that's where I drew the line <laughs> in the sand. Uh, yeah, I, I am pro villains as well. It's nice to get to talk about another personality about reality TV, like Survivor in general, because a lot of people really toss it aside and like, oh, that shit is fake lang naman, or parang, oh, is that show still on? Does anybody ever tell you that? I guess for, for me, the, the reason why we also lasted so long is that we got into it as a family. Like our entire family would watch like Studio 23, right? I, that's, I think that's where they used to show it. Yes. Like on-demand viewing. The entire <laughs> family would be already in my, either in my sister's house or my brother's house. We would all be in the master's bedroom of my sister or my brother with the kids, even the kids. We would have snacks, we would have soft drinks, and we would watch, you know, every single week. So we watch it as a family. And we did the same thing for Friends and for Game of Thrones. I think those are the three shows that we really watched as a family. So it wasn't really just a TV show for us. For us, it was also like a a bonding thing for the family and it bonded us together. And afterwards we would have so many discussions, theories, you know, people who like, I'm rooting for this. No, I'm rooting for that person. So it was very alive. You know, it was very dynamic. I guess that's why we lasted so long. And to be honest, some of my family members, I think my brother's family, a couple of my nephews, because I kind of like missed a couple of, not just a couple, a lot of uh, seasons in between, you know, uh, maybe because when it wasn't shown locally anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess that's where it stopped. And I didn't really have a source of where to watch it. So what happened was I, I kind of stopped watching and then I started again at a certain point. So there's this big chunk Blind of Survivor spot. seasons that, you know, sometimes when I see them in mga all-stars and all like, who are these people? I don't know, right. I don't know who they are. Right. But yes, like some of my, my family members are even more updated. So I guess it is a family favorite. That's why until now, we're still watching it. Yeah. Hey, if, if you need some help covering up those blind spots, I can hook you up. There's a very vibrant and active community here that really shares these things from the high seas, if you know what I mean. So. <laughs> Arg. I've always yes. been bad with those. So that's why I never got to watch the other the other seasons. Yeah. Even yung Australian and South African versions that I've heard. Namin because we share them around. So that, that keeps me sane these days. But if I had all the time in the world, my God, <laughs> I would I would start first with the US because I have a huge blind spot. So I want to ask about you getting to interview Spencer Bledsoe from Cagayan in Cambodia. How did that happen? 
That was amazing. The weird thing was, okay, how exactly did that start? Okay. Salam ko, he doesn't do a lot of interviews. He He's does not. closed off. He does not. Okay, it all started when I saw his Instagram post and he just said that he was going to have a meditation class. Mm-hmm. So it was something that I've always wanted to do. And at the same time, I was a big fan. So I was like, okay, why not do both? You know? So I emailed him and I said, if there are still slots open, I'm willing to try it. And then apparently there were so many slots. I mean, people were interested in him in terms of survivor, but not so much as a meditation teacher. So there were just 12 of us who joined the first session. So it started as a meditation group. And then I kind of figured that this is not a meet and greet for Survivor. You know, this is for meditation. And we had a little WhatsApp group, like, good morning, uh, when's, when's the session tonight? And we did it for like every day, every day. He doesn't go by Spencer anymore. Yeah. So we call him Ryman. And then people were like, Ryman, you know what? To be honest, I only joined initially because, you know, I was such a big fan. But, you know, eventually we got into things. And he's cool with that. And we started talking about Survivor. And then I realized he's not averse to the whole Survivor thing. He just doesn't want it to be all about Survivor. But if you get him started, he's actually okay. And he would talk about it and and all that. When I eventually told him that I worked on radio in the Philippines, I said, what do you think of guesting on the show? And he said, sure, just like that. You know, because by that time, we would have been literally meditating together every day for the past two, three months. Wow. So we pretty much knew each other like friends. And so he was on the show. And of course, uh, like especially Marky and Hazel, they're also huge like Survivor fans. Yeah, we had so much fun. And I distinctly remember after that, Ryman goes, if ever I do decide to join another like Survivor, I will like only come out on your show. I will only guest on your show and do only an interview <laughs> on your show. And then he disappeared, right? Yeah. So he kind of like gave us um, a heads up and he said, they're moving to South America and they're going off the grid. And yeah, so he's a, he's a very interesting, elusive character. We support whatever it is. So whatever it is that we don't want to pry and we haven't heard from him in a long time. But he, he would like every now and then message, you know, just to say happy Memorial Day or uh, Merry Christmas. But for most of the time, it's really just us. We stayed on as a group. And then every now and then we do meditations together. Galing. Minus Ryman. Minus Ryman. Uh, just, just us. It's beautiful uh, that you guys formed that community even oh, yes, when he's no longer really in the picture. Yeah. So he's pretty special. It's, it's that little segment with meditation that I will always take with me. And yeah, until now, when I get anxious, I still use a lot of the techniques that he taught. He had this very guru vibe about him that makes you open up to him without you really realizing that you're opening up to him. Like you feel comfortable telling him really private stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, like some, some days I just start asking him certain things. And then I'm like, did I just ask Spencer Bledsoe all of those personal stuff? And he's very willing to share what he's learned so far. And yeah, I, I think I really learned a lot from that guy. 
as we wind down here, this is uh, turning out to be a really fun conversation. <laughs> I want to ask about your podcast because I saw on Instagram that you and Gino have reunited and you started mm-hmm. this new podcast called Only Fun. Love mm-hmm. the name, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want to ask about the reaction from your networks because now you're part of rival networks and then you're coming together on a podcast. Was that ever a problem for them? Uh, I hope not. Because, you know, I, to be honest, it was something like, so many people have really like asked me when podcasts started becoming very matunog, diba? Like so many people, sometimes some, some of the artistas, the biggest names in the business are now doing podcasts. So they're saying, why haven't you done a podcast? You know, so many people have already. And you're, you're a prime candidate for a podcast. And I was like, I do have a radio show, you know? So, I mean, there is a platform for me and we do have a podcast of the show. One day, Gino just gave me a call and he goes, hey, here's a thought. Want to do a podcast? And I'm like, sure. You know, just like that. I, I kid you not, just like zero planning. We probably thought about what to do for maybe like 15 minutes. We were like, why don't we just talk about shows on Netflix or whatever streaming platform? And then let's jump from there. And then we were like, okay. Okay, want to start next week? Okay. And then, you know, we started it. We never realized that it would have the kind of reaction that it did. You know, to be perfectly honest, we thought we would be super under the radar and like, let's just work our way up, maybe attract some more attention later on, but let's just put ourselves out there. We were pretty shocked, you know, that even before we came out with our first episode, we were already number one on the podcast. I saw the post, yeah. We were beyond shocked. Like we don't even have our first episode yet. It was something that we super just thought of doing. We didn't plan it at all. And I'd like to think that we're doing this naman because we've been friends for the longest time. Nowadays, with the advent of Spotify and the streaming networks, Because before, the main idea of, let's say, rival companies, let's say rival radio stations or rival TV stations was because it was, I forgot what they call it, like schedule viewing. I forgot what they call it. There's an actual term for it where if you want to watch Survivor, you had to watch Studio 23 at 8.30 p.m. Yeah. You can't watch it anywhere else. Is it appointment viewing? Appointment viewing. Thank you. But nowadays, that doesn't exist anymore. You listening to one podcast doesn't exclude all the other podcasts out there. So you can actually be a fan of two different shows, two different radio stations, two different networks, and enjoy all of their output. You can listen to the podcast. You can listen to the Morning Rush podcast. You can listen to the BNO podcast. You can listen to Gino and Chico's podcast. And it's not a problem. You know, We're not taking away anyone's audience We're just adding ourselves to an already long list of stuff that people can enjoy. So, you know, it's not really anymore that kind of thing when it comes to like content, because now, especially the kids are voracious when it comes to content. I'm shocked that, you know, sometimes you you ask people like, how many podcasts do you listen to? And they're like, two to three to four a day. And I'm like, what? what? Where do you get the time to listen to all of that? That sounds normal, yeah. So, you know, it's, um, it's a thing. And I don't really think it should be a problem necessarily, you know, because I think people are just, you know, black holing on YouTube, podcasts, streaming services. They can't get enough of it. 
I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but people can't get enough of content. So yeah, I mean, we're just adding ourselves to the noise. <laughs> Man, I got to say, Chico, we can go on and on about all these things, but I don't want to take up too much of your time. So I just want to say thank you for taking this time out to have this conversation. I love uh, the fact that you and I are part of the same tribe in more ways than one. Oh, yes. So thank no. you. And uh, it was fun talking to you. And yeah, like... You know, like sometimes when you talk about something that you're super passionate about, the way you're talking about, you know, Survivor. And then when I tell people, I went to Taiwan for less than 24 hours just to play Pokemon Go. People really (laughs) give me this weird look. Like my flight to Taiwan was at like 5.30 a.m. I arrived at the venue right before the event started at 10. So I was there by 9. I had an hour to rest. (laughs) <laughs> and then I played from 10 to 5. And then after 5, I had to rush back to the airport because my flight going back to Manila was at 8.30 p.m. of the Good same God. day. Good God. <laughs> yeah. Strangely, I know what that feels like. I did that for wrestling. So, you know, I, I see a lot of myself in you. And yeah. I only hope to have as much passion as you do for the industry when, you know, I eventually hopefully last as long as you do. So thank you, Chico, for being an inspiration for guys like myself and many others like me. And thank you. And uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully there will be more people like us on the FM radio band. And uh, yeah, and then make it a more colorful, interesting uh, spectrum. Last thing, Chico, where can our listeners get in touch with you if you want to, if they want to message you about Pokemon Go or the MCU or Survivor or whatever else? Well, I do have my Instagram and Twitter. That's at Chico Garcia. Uh, just be careful because there's a Chico Garcia that's a Brazilian sportscaster. I always get mga Portuguese <laughs> messages. So uh, yeah, but the actual at Chico Garcia with one A, siya kasi parang AA yata. Uh, yeah, on Instagram and Twitter, I also have a fan page on Facebook if you want to check it out, which is basically just my Instagram on Facebook. And yeah, check out Only Fun with Chico and Gino. Comes out every Wednesday, 8 p.m. New episodes every Wednesdays. And you can catch The Morning Rush. That's 6 to 10 in the morning, Mondays to Fridays on Monster RX 93.1. Thanks again to Chico Garcia for joining me here on deck. And like I told him, it's always nice to find another member of your tribe. And in our case, it's a fellow geek, a fellow Survivor fan, and of course, a fellow radio personality. Now, if you're enjoying these conversations, if you love On Deck with Stan C, then please support the podcast however you can. One of the ways to do that is to follow the show on Spotify. Just search for On Deck with Stan C. But another way is through your online shopping. And this time, you can do it over on Shopee. Kasi malapit na naman ang 9-9, isang tulog na lang. And if you're about to check out, please use my Shopee affiliate link before you check out. On your mobile phone, just hit up your browser and click this link. tinyurl.com slash ondeckxshopee. Again, that's tinyurl.com slash O-N-D-E-C-K, the letter X, and then S-H-O-P-E-E. From there, it'll take you straight to the app. And just click checkout and a portion of what you spend goes to Podcast Network Asia and On Deck with Stan C at no extra cost to you. So again, please use my Shopee affiliate link in time for 99. That's tinyurl.com slash ondeckxshopee. 
I've got other podcasts I've been working on to keep myself sane. One of them is also part of Podcast Network Asia. It's called the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, which I co-host alongside my friends, Romaran and Chino Liao. And we go live every Thursday on Kumu at Wrestling Wrestling Pod. That's at 7 p.m. on Thursdays. And we also go live on Facebook.com slash Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. I also have another pod alongside the co-creators of So Asian Comics, Kimberly Mass and Cedric Cheng. It's called Now Steaming, a Chinoy podcast, and we just recently wrapped up our first season. Go check us out on Spotify and follow us there. It's Now Steaming, a Chinoy podcast. And finally, quick shout out to Chinoy TV, who's got its documentary, Chinese by Blood, Filipino by Heart, which I've been a part of. It airs every Sunday night at 8 p.m. on CNN Philippines with replays Wednesdays at 8 p.m. on Facebook.com slash Chinoy TV. Big thanks, as always, to Babyface producers Nikai Locanias and Miguel Aitona for putting these episodes together, and to the rest of the Podcast Network Asia team for giving us these platforms and allowing us to do what we do best, and in my case, that's telling the real stories of the real people behind the mic. Now, next week's episode is going to be extra interesting because we'll be talking to a frontliner of a different kind. She's somebody who's been covering the current administration since it started in 2016. Pia Renata of Rappler.com joins me to talk about her feelings of having to cover this current administration and how problematic it is and how she keeps herself in one piece in terms of mental health. It's a very insightful conversation that I'll be bringing to you next Wednesday right here on Deck with Stan C. In the meantime and in between time, I gotta bounce. So quick reminders again to please double mask up if you can. Go and register to vote if you can. Vote next year because we must and get your vaccines if you can. This episode of On Deck with Stan C is in the books. Thank you very much and I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.